podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. Brexit will bring changes that affect businesses in many ways, particularly if you buy from EU suppliers, sell to EU customers, provide services to EU clients and receive customer data from other businesses in the EU. Businesses need to prepare. Find out how at gov.uk slash Brexit. Get ready for Brexit on the 31st of October. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. This is the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm delighted to say, joining me in the studio, the ever-present Will Pugh, and delighted to say, returning Tom Edwards. No James Jones tonight, but when you've when you've got a lead that big in a West Ham quiz, you can afford a night off or a week off, however you want to look at it. Refreshing up, an international break of sorts, Will, because you need to get your game back on form. Of course, tonight we will be looking at the Aston Villa 0-0 disappointing draw last night. Is it disappointing? Was it a point gained or two points dropped? We will be looking at that and getting the boys' thoughts. We're also going to be looking at Declan Rice and how he did in that international break within the England setup. There will be a quiz of some sort. Not your typical West Ham quiz. One with a twist tonight, so stay tuned for that. And also, we will be looking towards the massive fixture on the weekend. West Ham versus Manchester United. Don Booth will be joining us right up for MEN. But firstly, we have to start with last night. I watched it all. Soft spot for you guys. Had to watch it because we're going to be talking West Ham tonight. What a game to tune in. Neil, Neil, Will, where do I begin? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I was up there last night and... To be honest, I didn't think it was for a nil-nil. It was nowhere near as bad as you know people. Some you see nil-nil and people go, "Oh, it must have been boring." Mm. And I've certainly seen worse. That's for sure. I mean, you got a red card. There was a few chances. I just felt that I thought Haller was really poor, which was a, a shame. That was frustrating because I think those are the sort of games where we're going to expect him to make a difference this season, especially away from home. Um, he he just didn't look mobile enough. He Whenever we broke, whether it was Anderson or, you know, which the majority of it was Anderson, to be fair. Yarmolenko had an awful game, I thought, and deservedly hauled off on, on the hour mark. But whenever we were breaking with Anderson, Haller just he just wasn't mobile enough. So Villa weren't too worried. He wasn't drawing defenders out of position even so to create space for Anderson or Fred Lanzini when they were sort of driving through. And, yeah, I mean, we just looked a bit blunt and everyone's saying we were sort of lucky to escape with the point. And I kind of understand that, given that when you go down to 10 men, it you know, makes sense. People people expect the, the momentum shift. But to be honest, there was a momentum shift and we that was, you know, the best we played was, was after we got uh, Masuaku sent off. Thought the red card was harsh. But, uh, all in all, it was just, I don't know. It was, Declan Rice said afterwards that it was a game we would have lost last season. And... Well, I, th- I think he is right. It, you know, it's also those are also the sort of games this season where if we want to push on, like we've all been talking about, that you also might nick one at the end. Tom, what are West Ham fans uh, putting that performance down to? Because it was off the back of an international break. You did play Monday, so you would have got you would have had more time to work with the players back from that international break. But it, West Ham just did not seem to be at the races, did they? It felt like one of those games where. 
the players who'd actually been away on international break were slightly fresher. They were more in the routine of playing and playing competitive <laughs> games. And the guys who actually sat at home and Noble said he went away. Marbella, I think it was. He, he looked good in the second half. But I think in general, we just lacked a bit of energy. Felt a little bit laboured compared to how we were against Norwich, where we were very much on the front foot all game, pressing high up the pitch. And I thought they were there for the taking last night. Even with 10 men, I thought it was... A weird one to to take Anderson off at that time because I think he's got pace and he's the type of player who, when teams are pushing for a result, he'll hit him on the counter. And I thought that was a bit odd, but I thought it was one of those like Will said and like Declan Rice said. I think we would have lost last year, so a point's a point on the road, and you can't ever knock that. I think you always have to take positives from any game, and I think Declan Rice is truly right. It might have been a game you lost last year away to a newly promoted side fighting for every ball. It was a clean sheet. It was a point. In any eyes, that's two positives to take. Let's talk about the red card then, Will, because I have to admit, the second yellow, very, very soft in my opinion, not a yellow at all. And obviously asking a West Ham fan, hopefully you agree. No, yeah, I mean, it was. But it was one of those where, you know, Pellegrini came out afterwards, didn't he, and said that, oh, it's the sort of, if that was at home, we wouldn't have got it. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter, to be fair, because you're a professional footballer. And yeah, it was really soft and it was pretty much a dive from El Mohamedi but by the same token if you've already got a yellow for you know and to be fair Masuaku did it was like a WWE style body slam for his first yellow card in the first half so when you've already got a yellow card and you're away from home don't dive in and it was such an innocuous position as well I think El Mohamedi had it like just inside Villa's half near-ish the halfway line on the touchline for a throw-in and you just think, well, all right, yeah, the the players made the most of it, as any professional footballer would. Why are you lunging him in, lunging in, and giving him the opportunity to? Yeah, I agree. I thought as much as it's a bit soft, and you say there's a little contact there. I think you got more actually look at Masaki's defending in that instance, and he's diving in in a non-dangerous position. Particularly, he could have shown him down the line. He could have bought time for his wingers to help him out rather than just dive in like we saw him do a couple times in the match and that's one of the aspects of his game why West Ham fans still have this debate and why we also have this debate who would rather Cresswell or Masuaku going forward or Cresswell's defending I mean that's that's a bit of a problem position for us. Well, it might not all be from a West Ham perspective but talking about diving in there was a notable Aston Villa moment where Mings and El Ghazi uh, a little bit handbags a uh, small slight headbutt shall we say VAR looked at it Will I know you're a fan of VAR what did you make of that, even though it was Aston Villa 2 players? It was very strange, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was absurd. I, and I'm still... I mean, the, the reason... I thought, it, you know, it was definitely going to get pulled back. It's, it's a headbutt. It's violent mm. conduct. I, I you thought know, the same, yeah. We saw, saw the same thing with, with Boya and Dyer, which is what everyone was talking about last night after the incident. And yeah, I thought it was absolutely bizarre. I think the, the line that's come out since is that the reason there was no red card is there was no, you know, it wasn't enough violent intent, I think, and where if he'd pulled his head back a little bit more and then lunged at him. But to be honest, no way in a thousand years, if that was the other way around, then if that was uh, two opposition players, be it West Ham or otherwise, if that had happened, you know, two opponents, there's a million percent that would have been a, a red card. Well, this is the point I make, because obviously if it was two opposing players, let's take West Ham and Aston Villa in that sense, it's a straight 
straight red, isn't it, Tom? They're going to look at it, you know, he's leant forward with his head, how aggressively or how much attempt. We know that can be questioned, it's subjective. But that's a sending off. And we ask for VAR, you know, surely it's one rule for one, one rule for the other. You don't want to send off two players for arguing with themselves. But is this where fans get a little bit like, what are the rules here? Because it's a little bit double standard, isn't it, Tom? I think exactly that. I think it's just the VAR, you, the whole point about bringing it in was that we clear up all these ambiguities and all these things in football and there would be an answer, this is that and this is yellow or red and it would be clear cut. But I think it's actually causing more problems because when something like that happens and you've seen Mike Dean maybe not have noticed it during the game, maybe like last year you even just get on with the game, everyone just says, oh, Mike's not seen that and the game crashes on. But with VAR now, it's a bit of a talking point after the game, even more so than it would be normally because now you've got the option of VR and you can look back at it and you can say why well, if that contact wasn't another player say if you did it to Noble that's that is a red card now yeah and Mike Dean never wants to shirk away from making it all about him in what is his 700th season now in the Premier League let's talk about Fabianski because for me he was West Ham's player of the year last year is that right yeah so I don't want to start off with saying he doesn't get enough credit because he absolutely does he was West Ham's player of the year but is he in some small way will underrated because you know last night you can say you know and as Declan Rice said this is a point that maybe we wouldn't have got last year maybe it's one point that you wouldn't have got at all without him and he's just someone that when it's not going your way you're not going through the gears absolutely dependable solid was brilliant last night a few chances how lucky do you feel to have him yeah I mean I gave him I gave him our man of the match last night and yeah, I just, I just thought he's he was a calming presence behind a defence that looked really fragile. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a, getting a bit old the line now about the weakness or the the strengths, if you like, of our fullbacks. And yeah, they are outstanding going forward. I thought Fredericks was lazy last night. I really didn't. I was really disappointed in him. He, you know, he's good going forward. We get that, but he was he wasn't tracking back. He just generally and Diop, who I think unfortunately for him was made to look quite erratic last night but Diop was actually actually got man of the match <laughs> yeah which was bizarre yeah, but then bizarre, I, I think it, it came across as an erratic performance from Diop because he was continually isolated by by Fredericks who he was playing on that side and you know with with like I say that that defense does look fragile even last night against the Aston Villa side who aren't going to score loads of goals this season it was yeah, it, it was just one of them where Fabianski's there. He was by far the most calm, cool and professional head in that defence when we looked pretty fragile. Yeah, I think Fabianski, I don't think he's underrated, but I think he's rated very highly by West Ham fans. I mm. think he's outside of the West Ham bubble where he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think his start in the game at Arsenal where he's obviously made a few high-profile mistakes in big games probably still haunting As all young day. keepers do, don't they? Exactly. And look at Arsenal. They've had a few who've done that and a few have gone on to have very good careers. Look at Chesney now, Juventus number one, mm. like... It's one of those things where you make a mistake as a goalie and forever be remembered for it. Even Rob Green, he'll he's had a great career, obviously retired now, but it's he's the position remembered where for you're one most scrutinised, exactly. isn't it? Sorry, Tom. No, not at all. And one mistake can change a career and can change the way you go. And honestly, we're probably lucky because if he didn't make that mistake at Arsenal, he definitely wouldn't be at a club like us. He would be one of the top four clubs. That's that's how good I really think he is. It's a shot stopper. I don't think there's many better in the league, if any. Well, you were saying that, well, Declan Rice, excuse me, was saying it was a point dropped. Is that the general consensus among the West Ham fans? Because it is very easy to almost kick yourselves in today and last night. Look at that. Ah, if we want to do what we want to achieve this season, the expectation, we need to be beating Aston Villa or we need to be beating a newly promoted side. But today, after the dust settles, is there more like, well, it's a point, it's a clean sheet. Do you know what? I'll actually take it come the end of the year. I'm not as maybe disappointed as I was last night, Will. Yeah, I think that all... That- 
as time goes on, that will probably be the feeling more so because you still got to look at it that we're still unbeaten this season, apart from the you know against Manchester City. Mm. So we're unbeaten the last four Prem games now, which you know that's that's a plus in itself, isn't it? We're we've had three away games now. We've only you know we've had one winnable game at home basically, which was Norwich. We've had three away games and got five points from three. If you carry on that away points ratio this season then you know you'd you'd happily take that towards the you know come the end of the year I just think it was I think everyone going into it there was a real groundswell of optimism wasn't there and the fact that we could have gone level on points with second there was it would have been that real like oh hang on a minute yeah this is something good here and you know maybe that has been checked a little bit but we've got Man United next week next time out and there as has been proved already this season they're more than beatable and you know we beat them last year, didn't we? And there's yeah. no reason why why I don't think we can do that again. And then perhaps that optimism comes back. But I think it's just one of them last night. That no matter how good they might have been so far, Aston Villa, which let's be honest, isn't great. They've been all right because they're a newly promoted side. Everyone sort of thinks, oh yeah, we can go there. And I, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's the end of the world. And I think it's one of them where it's just like that's annoying. But if we go out and beat Man United next week, it doesn't matter. Why do all fans, Tom? And this is all fans. So I'm not painting you two, but all fans, we do this before we've even got the three points. Before we've even got the win, we go right. We get this win. We're level with City. It's only five games into a Premier League season, but we already looked at it. We 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 bank it like it's happened, don't it? And now we're like, oh, why do we do that? It's five games in of what is a very very long season, Tom. It is the hope which kills you, <laughs> isn't it? Honestly, every year you think we could do less than couldn't we? Really. Come on, you got a squad here, but we all we all know that's what kills us at the end of the day. But I think that's why having Pellegrini now he tempers he tempers it, and I think if we push too hard yesterday for the win and end up losing, then we're in a much darker place. And I think what he did at Brighton, he did a similar thing at Brighton where we were going for it, and we had a period where we were actually on top at one all, and he took off Chicharito for Carlos Sanchez. And I think he's playing the game a bit this year and trying to just be hard to beat away from home. So. Three points is three points at whatever end of the season yeah. you get them, though, isn't it? That's yeah, what, it's yeah. one of them things, you know, people uh, are quick to forget that, you know, we'll, we'll, although it's, I was looking at the table earlier on today, you've, you've got those names up there already, haven't you? Like the, the teams who are going to finish mm. in those places, they're there already, they're there now. They don't sort of canter into the season and then come November, December, go, all right, come on in, let's start playing so we can finish where people expect us to. These points matter now just as much as they do at the end when you're chasing or, you know. But if you're saying the big six are already there, so are West Ham because they're the next team out of them. So you have made a good start in that regard, but we know it's not all stats. Uh, Tom, you spoke of Pellegrini tempering expectations with a side. Well, one player we may need to temper expectations on is Declan Rice. He was involved with England and we're going to be talking all about that next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards. We were just talking about the nil-nil with Aston Villa last night. Now, though, we're going to take it back a little bit further because we're going to be talking about England's internationals. One of them, very own hammer, Declan Rice. Will, firstly, A, what did you make of his performance? And B... To both of you, there is a bigger question at stake over the last two weeks. A lot of people are talking about bigger club bias. Should James Madison be starting for England? Obviously, a different type of player to Declan Rice, but some are saying that Ross Barkley gets the call. He's at Chelsea. When it should be James Madison, is there a bigger club bias? Chelsea and Leicester. You're just pleased because Declan Rice is playing, but you would obviously argue that there is no bigger club bias because that's supposedly top six. Declan Rice's plan, deserved of his performance, and he's going to be looking like someone we could maybe build around and be there 
for a long time to come. Yeah, I think, I mean, last night, first of all, in his performance yesterday, I thought he started quietly. I thought, uh, you know, I could already see the headlines. Oh, you know, England hangover for Declan Rice after, affected by negative press after Kosovo performance, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and luckily enough, he, he wasn't bad. He just started a little bit sluggish. There was a couple of things I thought, oh, that looks a bit off. But to be honest, after the second half, he came out a new man, didn't he? I mean, the, the Sky Sports, like you know, mm. reeled out a load of stats after the game that made for for mouthwatering reading. The, you know, all the statisticians among us, all the stat attack men, they, they were drooling over it. And I thought in the second half, he just he put all that to bed, didn't he? He really mm. he came out, and that's exactly you know, Southgate was in the in the crowd as well, so he would have been pleased. He would have known that Rice, obviously. And I think that's exactly the sort of response that Pellegrini and Southgate will want to see from him. Because, you know, you remember, he's mm. still he's only 20 years old. And that's the sort of thing, you know, the stick. He's had a lot of attention anyway just for playing for England. And then, you know, with the Kosovo, the misplaced pass, he did. He got a lot of stick for that. And, you know, to bounce back like he did, and he came out and gave a really professional interview afterwards, I think both Southgate and Pellegrini are just going to sit back and go, yep, nice one, Deck. That's exactly what we wanted to see. Tom, what did you think of his performance for England, firstly? I thought for England, I think it's easy for a performance to be overshadowed by one mistake, which it did cost a goal in the end, and I think it's, it's actually going to benefit England in the long run because he won't make a similar mistake. But up, aside from that, he was pretty tidy with everything he did. He won the ball back. There was a stat which came out after the Bulgaria game and the Kosovo game about how many times he'd won the ball back, which was like double the nearest player for us. I think he's got that position, it's his now and it's his to lose and I think the way he's playing at the minute I can only see him getting better, bear in mind he's 20 years old, he's two years into playing midfield, he's just still learning on the job like he said last night and I think he's only going to get better and he will be a staple of both teams You've got to remember as well that he was he was a key part of the build up to England's fourth against Kosovo, alright he made the mistake but then he brilliantly wins the ball back and within the blink of an eye he's won the ball back, flipped, knocked it up down the pitch and then literally 15 seconds later Sancho's putting it in and you know that's easy, easily overlooked because mm. it was a it was a sloppy pass. It was poor, and you know he'd be getting pelters if he'd done it for West Ham. But... I think there's huge. Sorry, Tom. I think there's mm. huge expectation on Declan Rice because I think the the key fact here that you mentioned when he's so young because he plays week in week out for West Ham and he has done that for the last couple of seasons. I almost go Declan Rice, twenty three, twenty four. He's been in the Premier League five years. He hasn't. He's still so young. Mistakes are going to happen. He's still learning his trade. If this was any other twenty year old player, we'll go give him. Time. Time, giving time, you know, international tournaments behind him, a few more years in the Premier League. But what he's doing at this age, if he was maybe at a different club or maybe Spanish or German, would be absolutely raving about him even more. I know we are, but is is there an element of truth to that, Will? I, I think Pellegrini's come out and he's. I think he's been brilliant with him. He came out, didn't he, earlier in the week and just said, relax. Noble came out and said the same thing in his evening standard column last week. He said, no, everyone, don't worry. He, Noble said... Declan Rice gave the ball away against Kosovo the other night and I can guarantee he will definitely give the ball away again in his career. Especially in midfield, we have 30 or 40 touches more than the rest of the players on the pitch every single game. Mistakes happen to the best players in the world you know, and the worst. And I think you know, there's, it's, it's easy for, for West Ham to say that, obviously, but I think importantly, Declan Rice is holding on to the idea that, you know what, it's all right, I'm not going to let this ruin me, I'm not going to let it completely destroy me. And I think, you know, that's that's the trait there that's not an easy one to train or learn or pick up. And I think it's just another string to his bow because it's obviously such a mature response. Massively. And I think when you look at it, his 
development's so accelerated because he's played like nearly 80 games in the first team for West Ham already at two different positions. He's had to learn how to play and be good enough in two different positions to play in the Premier League. And he's been very good and solid at both. And now he's found his position and he's probably the most one of the most important players in our team already. Definitely top two, three. Without him, we look a shambles defensively, quite honestly. And I think... He's getting better every game and every month, really. Well, let me ask them, because I want to come to the bigger club bias. If we take Declan Rice out of there, have you felt as West Ham fans that sometimes your team is overlooked for players that are playing? We know, obviously, we talk about Mark Noble. I know what West Ham fans and you and James certainly think of him. But is there a bigger club bias? Because a lot of players or fans this week are saying James Madison should be starting for England. I know he plays for Leicester, so let's take it from an England standpoint. Have you felt, has there been times when West Ham players have been overlooked and should be in the side, but because of someone maybe playing at United, playing at a Man City, they're not getting a look in? Yeah, just not under not under Southgate. I don't, I think that's a ridiculous mm. shout at the moment. I think the the Madison one is probably one. I think the one position on the pitch where you look and maybe go, well, oh, you know what? But then Carl Walker got dropped the mm. other day. I know you're saying that was for experimental reasons or whatever, but you know he's he's the league champions right back. I would argue they're you know the best, if not one of two best right backs in the league, and then maybe Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He got dropped the other day. Southgate's not worried about that sort of thing, is he? I do think Madison deserves a chance, and I think he'll get it. That's 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 what I think. You know, it's easy to get all clammed up and excited about about these things, but that, that's exactly Southgate's brand, isn't it? He's giving these young players a chance, and I think any shouts of that now, I just think, well, go back five years ago when it was, you know, any of those managers, Capello, McLaren, whatever, if you pulled on a Liverpool shirt even once or twice in your career or a Man United shirt, that was it. You were a shoo-in for 10 years. Exactly, and I think you look at it, James Madison is getting his chance to show, prove himself in the squad. He's there training every week. Well, last international... Well, this squad obviously has been in, has been in another one before that, and he's only... He's a year in five games into playing in the Premier League. Everyone forgets that because he took to it like a duck like water. But also, he didn't have the best under-21 Euros, did he either? So I think there's a reason why they're holding him back and he's got a lot more to prove before he can really show on big games. He's got a big squad now. Well, do you agree? Is there a bigger club bias? You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We're talking West Ham. Let's talk now because I know that you certainly will are very, very happy an RG, a Brazilian, and an English, all starting for their international team, buzzing. Are you? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly not. Tom, are you buzzing? I built that up and I thought Will was going to be absolutely away He's there. enough. He's out. Train. Clearly, thought, that's not enough. Yeah. I thought that Half was, a dozen. I thought that was one of your ultra-professional talk-ups to the break. <laughs> no, no, sorry, <laughs> mate. Very sorry. I'm trying to no, get I think the people to tweet in and carry our beautiful yeah. conversation on. No, you're right. But the, with the, the, the Declan Rice thing is excellent. I think that's almost most surprising to have an England international, although I do think with Southgate, everyone is going to get a chance. But... You know, when you think of it, if you said to West Ham, you know, even five years ago, six, seven years ago, oh yeah, we'll have a Brazilian international, an Argentinian international, and an England international, you know, as well as Poland and all the other, you know, the other the other guys we've got in that team, we'll have a team full of internationals. Basically, with those countries, you you snap your hand off, wouldn't you? Well, you wouldn't have believed whoever it was who was telling you, basically. Massively, I think if you the positive about it is all three have got their chances through their football for West Ham and performing for West Ham. Lanzini didn't have a cap before he came to us. Anderson had one, but it was straight after the Olympics or something. It was a few years ago. And obviously Rice is, was nobody, he just came through, obviously, Ireland, touchy subject, but however... Careful, Tom, yeah, careful. Yeah, exactly, don't want the hate, but um, <laughs> exactly, having those three who've done it on merit from playing football for West Ham shows that we've 
a bit of a pulling power, I think, to other international footballers to be like, look, you can come here and if you play well enough, you will be noticed. But I think that was a big thing, big reason why Haller actually signed because he wants to get in the French squad. And I think we've got the profile now where if he performs for us, he'll get his chance. Well, that's one of the reasons why West Ham is an attractive option because you spoke about the players there that have got their international caps. It's been through merit plan for West Ham. So Sebastian Allaire, he could now do this build on that like the others have done. I want to talk about Anderson a little bit because I thought he was really really good last night for me he feels like someone that again maybe doesn't get enough credit flies under the radar I'm not quite sure why is there an element to his game Will the one thing that maybe if he is lacking just a little bit of consistency because sometimes he can fade in and out of games is that fair? I think it is almost but sorry just to interject yeah. quickly we've just had a um, someone on Twitter Jake Watson friend of the show obviously he's just tweeted I think there is a big club bias Delph hardly played for Man City yet always played for England moves to Everton and now isn't in the England squad James Madison again been undoubtedly superb but he then mentions Mason Mount has played three games for Chelsea and gets two caps straight away so I think there there perhaps is still a feeling out there obviously that yeah the, the bias still exists but I'm just I'm just not sure under Southgate I think even even if it is there I think it's obviously loads better and I think it's hard to to sort of slap that attitude down when there's clearly improvements being made. I think it's tricky because you touch upon the Gareth Southgate era and, you know, he does look to youth and obviously Kyle Walker got dropped. But obviously, I think James Madison, he, he's stats because we are obsessed with stats, aren't we? We're thirsty for stats when pundits offer it up. But he's stats on assists and goals and he's plays. Definitely a leader of that Leicester team. I think mm. there's one. If he should be starting, it should be him. And I think the Mason Mount maybe sort of emphasises that problem a little bit more because, you know, one year at Derby, three games at Chelsea, and then he got called up and he's starting and it's sort of maybe like, what else can James Madison do? What I will say about Mason Mount, to be fair to him, is he was called up for how he was playing at Derby before. He'd already been called up to the squad, so Southgate's obviously known a bit about him. Tonight, he's playing in the Champions League. He's uh, he's done, he's quite accelerated again, and he's now one of the leaders of that Chelsea team in the front four already, which sounds crazy to say it, but him and Tammy Abraham have been unbelievable so you can see why Southgate would want to get him involved because he is exciting talent and he's arguably had a better start to the season than Madison had so. I do think Madison would do the same in Chelsea's team though that's mm. that, that, I think that's the point Jake's making there is that you know while if if Madison had a Chelsea shirt on and has had done what he's done for Leicester in a Chelsea shirt he, he you know he'd be perhaps be a shoe in and so I, I I do understand that there probably still is a little bit of that there but then on the other hand you still do, you don't get contracts with Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, Man City by being a bad player anyway, do you? So I think it's a bit of six and one half a dozen on the other. Well, maybe Southgate's trending in the right direction, but he hasn't quite got there yet. Let's quickly go back to that Anderson uh, question then, Will, because I said, has he flown under the radar? And you said it is almost fair to say a little bit of consistency is the problem, but you was going to expand on that. Yeah, I think last night was a prime example, basically. It was a very Philippe Anderson sort of game where he he sort of had the opportunity and he we needed him then to step up and grab grab the game by the scruff of the neck and it was he, he just did his usual he showed flashes and in the first half he looked really classy he was giving uh, Freddie Gilbert the Aston Villa mm. right back he was giving him a bit of a run around to be honest and we were focusing a lot of our attacks down the left anyway so Lanzini was shifting over to the middle onto Anderson's side mainly because Yarmolenko was having an absolute stinker but I think Anderson now he 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 tracks back a lot, which uh, I think a lot of the, his players certainly are grateful for, and I think that gets overlooked quite a lot. That he does work hard on the defensive side of the game, which for a forty-five million pound flair player is is quite rare. But I think he just needs to 
this season, again, last night, it's one of those games where you think, right, this is on you now. Mm. Be be the man. Be the £45 million. Pound. I, this is why I'm better than all of you lot. And it just it was one of them again. Mm. He just didn't do it. And I know it was difficult because once Masuaku got taken off, Pellegrini has to throw the playbook up in the air. And then he, you know, he hauls Anderson off. And I kind of, when it, when he did take him off, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, what are you doing? I was kind of like, well, yeah, you know, you haven't exactly ripped trees up tonight. So, strange one. We still need Anderson to do that little bit more. Well, you may be missing James Don- Jones' dulcet tones tonight as he's not here. Tom Edwards has stepped in and what a show it's been. But don't worry because the West Ham quiz is still right here and it's next. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards. No James Jones for this West Ham quiz. We were just looking at that disappointing 0-0 draw with Aston Villa last night. We will be previewing the game with Man United next. We'll be talking to Don Booth. But now it is time for the West Ham quiz. And as we know, points mean prizes and the prizes are serious in this one indeed. Tonight's quiz has a twist it is different I'm going to give you a year and you need to name players who are on the official squad from that year we'll go in turns the first one to blink the first one to get one wrong you lose a life shall we say or the other person gets a point then we will change the years the first year will be 2015 2015-16 season last season at Upton Park that's where I thought I'd start are you ready okay so who's going first me or Tom Tom it's your honour. I'll give you first play because you are our guest tonight and you're playing in honour of James Jones. And because you is hate the me leader. seeing winning anything. Yeah. Honest, I'll, I'll be honest, Tom. Nothing gives me greater pleasure than Will losing. So no pleasure. I know you are, my friend. So, Tom, if I could have your first player from the 2015-16 West Ham season. Mr West Ham, Mark Noble. Diafra Sacco. Dimitri Payet. Well, well, I was going to We're say just, correct. Is it a quick fire? Yeah, but I need to, I no, need to no, make no. sure. You just call it if we get one wrong, surely. So you went... Sacco. Sacco. And you went... Paye. Uh, yeah. Ogbonna. Lanzini. That's far too quick for me. Adrian. Yeah. Randolph. Cresswell. Coyarte. Alex Song. Emanike. Yelovich. Maswaku. Yelovich is not on there. Yelovich. Oh, he was. He did play. He did play in that season, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So sportsmanship from Tom. No, I'm. Yeah, I know. I, I, I completely agree. But if we're going on the, the squad list, he's yeah. not on there. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I can show you. This is what I said. You're going too ah, quick for this me is to check. Ridiculous. So you're not having Nikita Yelovich. Well, he he did play, didn't he? So maybe this this is what I mean. This squad list. It's all it's already gone. It's already ah. gone wrong. It's already gone. All right, it's already Tom, gone. Tom, wrong. you can have it. You, you sure? It. Yeah. Well, he, that was the rules, wasn't it? If it was on the list. All right. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll I'm happily show you the nah, list. I'll, I'll trust right. You, this time, let's go. Let's go one by one. This time, okay. I'm going to start with the 2004-05 season. Will, you did lose that point, but because well, cha- you was a sportsman and you, you agreed to go with that, you can start this one. Is that championship? Was it 04, 05? Yeah, don't yeah. tell him. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah that was don't the last t- latter promotion took- season, wasn't it? All right, okay. You was in the championship. You were six that year. Right. 73 okay. points. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's all right. That's all so, right. Right, yeah. Uh, Mark Noble. <laughs> Obviously. And Correct. Son Ferdinand. Oh, uh, Jesus. Danny Gabadon. James Collins. This is t- Adam Noland. So check that one. Uh, <laughs> he must, he must have one. still been in there. 
That is wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. Adam well, Noland. That is, there before. is no Adam Noland. Tom is adamant that it was the year before. Well, West Ham fans, if you know this, please call us 0208 725 On this Wikipedia squad list, Will, there is no Adam Noland. Uh, no, he was year was before. before. He was year I'm before. Tr- I'm genuinely that. trying not to, to disrupt t- your form. I'll tell you, my All knowledge right. is too niche. Uh, no, your knowledge is too good. You're going far too fast for me. I'm the worst quiz master in the world. We now go to the 2010-11 season. Oh, blimey. Give, you have a... to give me a bit of time to get it because I have to scroll through the list. Will, again, I will give nah, you t- the honour. Tom will go first. This uh, time. Tom, you can go first. 2010-11 season. <laughs> Abdullah Fai. Oh, wait. Minging. Was that, this is championship, championship, championship again? Yeah, it's championship again. I, I'll be honest... I'm going to go... Abdullah Fai is not on the list. For champion... Is, is this... For 2010, yeah, 2011. 2010. No, you, <laughs> you was in the Prem and you, oh. and you and you got relegated. You was 20. Absolute stinger. Ab- right. Fai is not on the list, so Will is 2-1. <laughs> what an awful quiz <laughs> that was. Default. What a shambles. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix it up then because I'm going to go to your last season at Upton Park. I'm going to do a quick tiebreaker even though it is 2-1 because we, we kind of... You, you're better than me. I need to scroll, scroll through. I'm going to give you a squad number mm. from that year that. and you need to get the player, okay? Like because it, yeah. then I can have it in front of me, <laughs> okay? I like it. Number 25 of the 2015-16 season. I've even got some clues here. Go on, clues. Canadian. Jesus. Canadian? <laughs> Centre-back. <laughs> I know it. Go on then. Daniil Henry. That is correct. Oh. Oh, blimey. Is he in, oh, he, am I redeeming myself? Yeah, is he slightly? about 16 or something? Yeah. He? yeah. <laughs> well, he's only 26 now. So, right, go yeah. on, go on. Okay. Number 25. Right. This has got to be quick fire. 20. S- squad number 20 of that season. Now, Forbear had gone by then, didn't he? If I give you the nationality, I think you would get it very quickly. Julian Forbear. Victor Moses. That is correct. Good shout, yeah. Great shout. Okay. Squad number 33. Albina? No. Scottish? Quasi? No. Left back? Oh, don't. Uh, uh, Stephen Hendry? That is correct. <laughs> this <laughs> These is are all new players, aren't they? Because I think the obvious ones are right, fairly yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Will, as always, because you won't believe it, but I'm giving you a chance. I'm going to carry on. Number 34. Hmm. Didn't Song play? Song played a weird number that year, didn't he? It wasn't him, though, was it? I'll give you a chance. Goalkeeper. Marek Stetch? No. Switzerland. Oh. Oh, Ah, yeah, I know the fella. Uh, Spiegel. (laughs) That is correct. All right. In in, in, uh, the fun of sport, let's just have a tiebreaker. Let's pretend that... Let's pretend you're level. This is our eighth tiebreaker. And, uh, of the I'm now going to go to that 2010-11 season when you were 20th in the Premier League. And this is the tiebreaker, okay? <laughs> this is like Avram Grant in right. that era, wasn't it? Yeah. This is huge. This is huge. This means a lot. Go on. 31. Squad number Collison? 31. No. Pat Collison? Oof. He did play for Elliot Lee. 31. Belgian. Belgian? Oh, no. Lars Jakobsen. No, no. Nah. not Belgian, Danish. Yeah, 37 as well. God, That's a horrible. This is going to be an absolute rascal. You've yeah. Goalkeeper. Oh. 
Belgian caper. Rude boffin. Yes. Oh, Unbelievable <laughs> form. I think, huge. unfortunately, Tom has won tonight's quiz. It's, it was a mix. We put a twist on it. Yeah, I didn't, Tom, yeah, I didn't yeah. mind. It's only a friendly. Uh, yeah, it was a friendly. It was a pre-season warm-up. Well, if I'm honest... I tried to give you a few lifes at the I end. I think the yellow bitch thing threw me off because yeah. we all know yeah, yellow bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll be honest, give you a defence, sometimes Wikipedia, not always correct. This is true, Charlie. Because squad list, I know you two mentioned a play, mm. you said you, he definitely played that year, wasn't on that Wikipedia list. So sometimes I'm not quite sure because Wikipedia is actually quite weird. They only show, uh, this is really boring stuff, they only show league appearances for a team rather than cup mm. games. And I'm not sure when we picked up Jelovic. Did we pick him January, up in January? Yeah, yeah. Up in January. that might have been the beginning of the season squad list. But So I think in, in, in sports... Hulk is void, let, I win. Well, I was no. going to be nice. I was going to say tie, and I thought that was, that no was quite chance. a Oh, no chance. Well, uh, Tom wins tonight. James Jones is the overall winner. But next, we turn our attentions. <laughs> next, we do, this is what we do on Love Sport Radio. We turn our attentions to the game on the weekend, the big game on Sunday, West Ham versus Man United. I'm delighted to say we'll be joined by Don Booth. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the West Ham Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Will Pugh and Tom Edwards from We Are West Ham. We were just doing the West Ham quiz. Unsurprisingly, Will lost again. No James Jones, but Will's losing streak just continues. We were talking about West Ham's nil-nil draw with Aston Villa. Now, though, we turn our attention to the weekend. West Ham take on Manchester United in what is a massive fixture. And I'm delighted to say Don Booth joins us on the line, writer for M. Me in. Dom, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. Man United will be feeling confident ahead of this one. A brilliant 1-0 home win to Leicester. Clean sheet, three points. How will Man United be tackling the game on the weekend, Dom? Uh, yeah, hi Charlie. Um, yeah, it was a, a great win. Um, not potentially in terms of performance, but just uh, one of those where United just needed to get a result, really. And it'll give them great confidence going into the West Ham game. What might complicate things is they've got Europa League on Thursday night. They're playing Kazakhstan team Astana. Um, so the depth of Ole Gunnar squad is going to be tested, I think, ahead of West Ham. And, and they've had a few injuries as well. So I, I think it's going to be a tough week for United, even, uh, even though they've got that morale-boosting win. I quite like the sound of that. Dom, to be honest, the Europa League reminder there, because you know traditionally teams don't do particularly well after those games, do they? I think, to be honest, that aside though, I think West Ham would be, you know, as we were last season, obviously beat United at the London Stadium last year, and I think West Ham this season, going against any team, maybe Bar City, will will back ourselves to to get a result. I, is there any trepidation or fear from a United perspective? Potentially. Uh, I think United have got to solve a problem uh, away from home against teams like West Ham. We saw it when they went to uh, Wolves and, and Southampton earlier this season. They haven't controlled the game uh, against these sides. They've allowed um, teams to pack the midfield to make it hard for them. And they haven't had the, the sort of cutting edge in midfield ball-playing skills, really, to, to get through these teams. So I think that's where I'd be worried about from United's perspective. What has been encouraging has been the defence. Harry Maguire seems to be uh, 
really stepping up. Seems to be a great fit already. Uh, United fans are enjoying the fact that City didn't get him, and now they've got a defensive crisis. So that's that's one to w- watch out for. I think I'd be I'd be a little bit worried about um, about breaking West Ham down. I think that's the bottom line. <laughs> I wouldn't be worried about that if I was you, Tom. To be <laughs> honest, no, I think uh, it's a difficult one, really. I think you will be, you know, one of very few teams saying they're worried about breaking us down this year. To be honest, I think. I don't know if you saw the game last night, but Sebastian Heller didn't have his best game. In fact, it was probably his worst since since we've seen him at the club. And I just think, you know, in the, at London Stadium, like I say, we we are fairly confident. But from a from a United standpoint, what uh, what do you think West Ham should be targeting to you know if we're going to get anything out of the game? Well, I think, like I said, the midfield region is some, somewhere you can you can definitely boss. I think the players you've got, you know, I'm so impressed with Declan Rice. I know some people uh, inside United are impressed with Declan Rice as well, as you're probably aware of. Um, obviously, your strength is also the front three. You know, I'm such I'm a big fan of Felipe Anderson as well. Um, and United obviously have weaknesses at the back, which has been shown last season for a long time. In last season, this season they have shored that up. So that's going to be an interesting battle, I think. If you've got someone like Anderson running against um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, is going to be a really interesting battle. Uh, and obviously Haller against Lindelof and Maguire. I had to probably suggest Haller should be isolating Lindelof, who's looked <laughs> a little bit suspect in the air at times uh, since he's been at United. So, yeah, some intriguing ones. Dom, you mentioned Rice there, and obviously probably the week leading up and everything's going to be about him and United and if he's going to go there. So I was thinking, you mentioned people in the club want him, but how, uh, how soon do you reckon they're thinking about launching a bid for him considering his new contracts and the position he is in his career do you think that's imminent well that's the problem obviously his contract situation and the fact that uh, it seems to be pretty extortionate fee if, if they're going to get him obviously that hasn't put them off in the past with mm. um, with Maguire but I, I, I can see United um, what they need to do is they need to find out whether Scott McTominay is, is a long term fit for this role because he has looked quite good at times this season, he had a very good game against Leicester. They've got Fred coming back; he's a 52 million pound midfielder who can play there too. So United have got to sort of get their own shop in order, really, and and see and see if they need a player like Rice. Do they need to spend that much, or if they probably put their priorities further up the pitch? They're also interested in James Madison and Jaden Sancho, and they're not going to come cheap either. So there's no way United can afford all three, and and none of the, those three will will come in January. Dom, do you think Declan Rice would want to go to Man United? Because I mean, not ju- I'm assuming if Man United are going to be in for him, that will mean at least one of the other top six, or there's going to be other big clubs who are who are interested in his services. And you know, certainly from from my perspective, I think if he if he had the choice, do you think United's a sort of project that you know he's going to want to sign up to at the moment, given the state of the the club? Well, it didn't seem to dissuade Maguire and, and Wan-Bissaka, who I'd put in a similar bracket to Maguire as up-and-coming uh, English players. Yeah. You know, United have still got a pull. I, d- I don't really, I don't care what anyone says. United have still got a massive pull. Um, you know, the size of club that they are, you, you can you can argue with that if you want, but I don't I don't see it. And I see United has actually been quite a good club for people to join at the moment because you know they can improve. You can you can come in and you can be a, you can be one of the stars. You can come in and improve on United, whereas in the past you might not be playing. So that's an interesting sort of dynamic that's that's sort of hit United in the last probably year or so. Um 
I can understand Rice is very loyal to, to West Ham, so if he did stay, um, I think he obviously he has declared his intention to stay for the time being. That's understandable, I guess. Dom, do Man United feel like with that win on the weekend to Leicester 1-0, does their season really start now? I know we're only four or five games in, but a great win after the international break, that clean sheet, albeit to Leicester, who many people fancied. The Man United fans are like, right, we found ourselves now. We can click into gear. The season begins now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've, they've played well in, in patches this season. They've had a half against Wolves, an excellent second half against Chelsea. They were very poor against Southampton and, and Palace. Uh, and they weren't fantastic against Leicester, like I said, but it is a good kickstarter, I think. And to get a result like that against a team who a few people were starting to, I think, probably a little bit prematurely tip for top four and things like that in Leicester, that was a, that was a good one for Solskjaer. It's not a blueprint for the season, though, because the manner of it was a little bit too defensive. It wasn't the kind of football social wants to be playing. So I think United is such a cliche. I think it is one game at a time at the minute, especially with these Europa League games to, to look at, even this one before the West Ham game. Well, Dom, obviously West Ham won this fixture last year, 3-1. They'll obviously be hoping for a similar result. What is your score prediction for the weekend? I think a real low scorer. I think, I think I'll say 1-0 to United. 1-0 to United. It was 1-0 on the weekend to Leicester. They'll be happy with that. Two clean sheets, six points from two games. Dom, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for giving us the Man United perspective. Hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Dom Booth there, writer for the MEN. Low scoring, 1-0 to United. Not quite sure I agree with that. Will, what's your thoughts on the game? Well, I'm surprised he thinks we'll be hard to break down. Uh, <laughs> you had a little seems, smile to yeah, that one. It seems, <laughs> seems absolutely bizarre. Because, but you'll take it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think yeah, me and Tom were chatting earlier on and just saying how we've had two clean sheets in a row now, but we don't really know how because the last thing we look like at the back is stable, isn't it? You know, fragile was the word that kept coming to my mind last night. And, you know, I think they're... The problem is you're going to get that, aren't you, when you've got two full-backs who are such attacking-minded players. You will lose that bit of balance. And I thought we looked a little bit susceptible last night because in little short spells, we were knocking the ball around a little bit, like in Villa's half, and then all of a sudden we'd we'd lose it because, again, like I was saying, Haller wasn't moving around much, which wasn't opening up space for the midfielders or you know he didn't have chances to dink balls over the top into the channels towards Haller. And where that happened, the attack would tend to go blunt. Villa would pick up the ball. And all of a sudden, where Rice and Noboard kind of moved up the pitch, we looked like really vulnerable on the counter-attack, like 20 minutes mm. into the game. And then you've got, you know, Fredericks and Masuaku want to get up with the attacks, hairing it back. Well, Fredericks wasn't hairing back, but, <laughs> mm. you know, supposed to be hairing back. And you just look really, really vulnerable in early stages of the game. And I think, although we're not going to control the ball and have as much of the ball against Man United, I think that they could still easily score against us. But I do think that them having a bit more of the ball will play into our hands because we are it. a bit more of a counter-attacking team. Well, West, sorry, Tom, I was going to say, West Ham do have a good history against West Ham. What, what are your thoughts? Yes, I was think I think we will definitely be leaky. I think there's goals in this game from both teams. I think they need a win away from home to like squash everything. And we would definitely play open. The, my big worry defensively is obviously what we mentioned before, but... Who's going to replace Masawaki because his it pace be against Chris, though, won't it? has to be? But then you're, you're, the worry is Rashford's pace against him pulling off on him. They, well, either or, either him or Zabalas have the same problem. But that's an extra worry that we probably didn't have if Masawaki does play and was fit. But we will be open. We'll go for the game and we'll feel like we can beat him there. Well, just very quickly then, score predictions. Tom, what do you think? 
3-1, same as last year, West Ham. Double result, double whammy. West Ham, 3-1. Will, do you agree? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. I'm going to go 2-1, West Ham. But both going for the West Ham win. Just. Which will take. It's a great start back off the international break. Beating Man United. Will says 2-1. Tom says 3-1. A repeat of last year. Dom, our opposition uh, review. He said 1-0 to United. This has been the West Ham fan show with We Are West Ham. We will see you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Sports Social Podcast Network.